Republicans call on big tech CEOs to testify in Congress next week after Twitter and Facebook censor the New York Post story on Biden. And liberals have declared a boycott of NBC after the network scheduled a town hall with President Trump at the same time as Biden's town hall. And Amy Coney Barrett has asked a lighthearted question, who does the laundry in your household? And feminists can't take it. We've got that and much more coming up, and it starts right now. Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. I'm Hillary Kennedy. I'm filling in for Sarah Gonzalez, and I am super excited about today's show because I get to be with two people that I like and respect so much. Mr. Yako Bullions, host of the Yako Bullion Show, president and founder of Share Together. It's good to be here. Always love it when you're here. And you're such a world-renowned speaker, too. You travel all the time. You're kind. You I'm with two strong women, which I like. <laughs> strong women. Well, and Ali Stuckey, who hosts Blaze TV's Relatable show that I love. And you're also an author and you have a book that's out that's doing incredibly well. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, it's called You're Not Enough and That's Okay. Escaping the Toxic Culture of Self-Love. Everyone should get it. It's <laughs> so good. All right. So this this week, there's been so much going on this week. And of course, a lot of it's been centering around censorship and social media. And I don't know about you guys, but when I was younger, the topic of censorship, a lot of it was around like censoring explicit rap lyrics. Or, yeah. But now it's taken on a whole other life. Um, so in an amazing development this morning, Twitter restricted user access to an official government website in order to censor this bombshell report on presidential nominee Joe Biden and his son Hunter. So on Wednesday, the New York Post, they ran a story about a smoking gun email allegedly in, uh, indicating that former vice president did, in fact, meet up with the top Burisma executive while in office, despite claiming that he didn't. Twitter went to great lengths to censor the story, blocking users from sharing it on the platform, barring users from sending it in direct messages, suspending high-profile accounts like uh, White House Press Secretary Kayleigh McEnany and the New York Post. They censored their account as well and shut it down. So in response to the censorship, the Republican House Judiciary Committee decided to publish the story on their website so that Americans could read it for themselves. They then posted a link to the publication on Twitter, redirecting users to their website, not the New York Post. But that didn't matter because Twitter censored that, too. So users who tried to access the link, they had their screens flashed with a warning page that said this link may be unsafe. Users who tried to share it were stopped from sharing it. This is just getting out of control. What are your thoughts on Twitter and Facebook trying to bury this story? Look, we can no longer differentiate when it comes to protocol and approach to how to do business. We can no longer differentiate from how CNN runs CNN to how Twitter and Facebook runs Twitter and Facebook. They absolutely censor. They've got some protections, as we know, under Section 230. It needs to be revised. I'm glad Ted Cruz, again, is a front runner, and he has been. He's a front runner stepping up saying, hey, something's not right here. We're censoring government websites at this point, okay? They're a news agency. They're a publisher. They're an opinion, you know, editorial piece. They are literally an ebb and flow machine for what America gets to see. And so they're filtering truth. And if it's anything that goes against their mantra, or their doctrine, which is radical left, right? They shut it down. What we do need to do, though, is follow the money. Who really are making the decisions? Who's really 
making the phone call to Twitter, applying the pressure. Who's making the phone call to Zuckerberg, applying the pressure? Who are the board of directors members? I sit on several boards, so I understand how that operates when a CEO gets a call and he answers to the board, right? These are the questions that now have to be asked. We had to blow it wide open because somebody is interfering. And this is interference, by the way, because this is a huge effect on our upcoming election. You're talking about serious, we had, a, we had a president impeached because of rumors, right? And now we have smoking guns and it just gets silenced. So Ali, do you think this is something that could be deemed as election interference? Yeah, we've been hearing about this fake Russia collusion story for the past four years that ended up being a creation of Hillary Clinton's imagination and have has it's spent thousands and thousands, if not millions of taxpayer dollars into that investigation. Here we have evidence of true collusion between big tech. And apparently, if not the Biden campaign, someone on the Democratic side saying, look, you've got to censor this information because we need Biden to win. And we don't want any scandal to hurt Biden. So we've got Chinese propaganda that is propagated on Twitter. We've got Iranian propaganda that is propagated on Twitter. We have President Trump's tax returns, which were apparently illegal legally leaked, obtained by the New York Times, propagated on Twitter. We've got uh, a recording of Melania Trump by her friend, I guess illegally leaked, to CNN, propagated on Twitter. Twitter has no problem with that. Twitter says, oh, we're just applying proper scrutiny to these stories. We don't want to incentivize you know, reporters to leak information or report on information that came from uh, hacking. Well, if that were true, they would apply the same scrutiny to every other story. But this scrutiny is only seen when it hurts Joe Biden, which is why it's not scrutiny at all. It's exactly like you were saying. It's censorship that is motivated by political bias. You don't live in a country that actually has free speech. If the people who are controlling all of the flow of information are censoring what at least half the country uh, thinks and uh, the information that the entire country needs to know. Absolutely. Well, it, it went even further because Twitter continued its lockdown on information. Oh, goodness. It locked the campaign account of President Donald Trump over a video that it posted, adding a warning label to an article posted by House Republicans. Uh, Tim Murtaugh, director of communications for the Trump campaign, tweeted out a screenshot of the email that they received from Twitter saying Twitter has locked out Team Trump for posting videos of clips of Joe Biden lying about never speaking to Hunter about foreign business deals, include snippets of The New York Post exposing the lies. Biden doesn't dispute the authenticity of the documents, but they're still protecting Biden from a bad story. And then, Yanko, like you said, uh, Ted Cruz has gotten involved. They announced that they want the Senate Judiciary Committee uh, to vote on whether or not to serve Jack Dorsey from Twitter a subpoena to testify. And we've got a clip of that. The Senate Judiciary Committee wants to know what the hell is going on. Chairman Lindsey Graham and I have discussed this at length. And the committee today will be noticing a markup on Tuesday to issue a subpoena to Jack Dorsey, the CEO of Twitter, to testify before the Senate Judiciary Committee next Friday to come before this committee and the American people and explain why Twitter is abusing their corporate power to silence the press and to cover up allegations of corruption. And let me be clear, I don't know if these New York Post stories are true or not. Those are questions 
Vice President Biden should answer. But Twitter and Facebook and big tech billionaires don't get to censor political speech and actively interfere in the election. That's what they're doing right now. And so on Tuesday, the Judiciary Committee, the full committee, will be voting on subpoenas to subpoena Jack Dorsey to come before our committee. All right, so what are your thoughts on what he had to say? And do you think any of this will be settled before the election? This, you make such a good point right now because it's strategic. They understand by hook or crook. And I want America to hear. I told you the other day, there's no, there's no low they will not go to. And they understand that if they win the election, it'll be swept under the rug. You'll never hear it about again. So throw as much mud against the wall as you can at the moment and we'll settle the dust later unless... November 3rd, the president stays in office. Then the House of Cards are going to crumble. But remember, Marsha Blackburn called Mark Zuckerberg in front of the Senate and she questioned him. And Zuckerberg, I think it was a hundred and something times, pleaded the fifth. I expect Dorsey to plead the fifth. Mm -hmm. Call it an algorithm. Blame it on an algorithm. I just want America to hear that is that is as much as an admission to guilt, okay? Because they know exactly what they're doing. They're playing the long game. They're appeasing someone, if it's not the Biden campaign, somebody, maybe it's Soros. Somebody on the left somewhere is applying pressure. They should subpoena them all, mm. all of them, not just the CEO. Let's bring the head of marketing in. Let's bring, let's bring them all in, subpoena them all, put them in front of America, and then pepper them with questions and see. But I think... I think they don't dance. I think they plead the fifth like like Zuckerberg did. Mm -hmm. He's going to plead the fifth or, you know, he saw he actually issued a tweet. I think it was yesterday saying, you know, we really dropped the ball on this. This was improper communication. We should have done better. I think he knows if he is just a little bit contrite, he could satiate enough people without actually having to admit guilt and to say, okay, this is actually a widespread problem in big tech they can say oh you know this was just a slip up it was just one time it's no big deal really we know that this is the tip of the iceberg that there's a lot going on but i think that jack dorsey knows that like you said if it's just him he can probably do a pretty good job of you know good pr for the company without having to dig into the rest of the guilt so that's probably what he'll do yeah what you said about his tweet he did say our communication around our actions in the new york post article was not great. And blocking a URL sharing via our tweet or DM with zero context as to why we're blocking, that's unacceptable. So that was the statement he released. But see, if it's just him, you're not cross-examining, yeah. right? So now you bring in anybody that's in a control position because how big tech works is they don't dare move. It's top-down. They run those corporations top-down. So there's direction through Twitter to censor. Mm -hmm. There's direct, it trickles down. So now you bring in multiple people you put them in front of this, you know, the judiciary, the committee, and you pepper them all and you and you cross examine and you corroborate. Someone's going to sing like a canary and go, I was told it's all you need. I was told to censor X, Y, Z. But if it's just him, it's a single channel. He just pleads right. the fifth or he does, you know, and, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Well, I thought this was interesting, too, because the campaign for Joe Biden admitted that it is possible that Biden may have met with an executive for Burisma, which is the Ukrainian energy company, during his time as vice president when his son was a board member for the company. So they're not disputing that this may have actually happened. They, they said that they ruled out any official meetings, that they didn't see anything on his official calendar, but they couldn't say that the two of them have never met. So 
since they met in an informal setting, allegedly or possibly, we're going through all of this Twitter censorship around this story. And Biden's campaign is basically saying, yeah, it. It could have happened. So why is Twitter still censoring it? That just doesn't make any sense. Well, because it's not for the sake of scrutiny. It's not because the sources aren't good. It's because it makes Biden look bad. We already have more proof of of collusion here between Biden and Ukraine than we do with Trump and Russia. And like I said, we spent millions of taxpayer dollars in that investigation. We already, with that admission right there, have more evidence of sketchy dealings at the very least going on between Hunter Biden, his dad in Ukraine than we ever did with Russia and Trump. But here we are. Here we are. We're we're pushing back that information because it makes Biden look bad. Biden is big tech's guy. That's the bottom no line. No question. No doubt. He's big tech's guy. Later on, we're going to get into some other things. This this thing has tentacles that reach so far Mm-hmm. into nefarious activity against the United States, that if we just fillet this open and allow it to play out, this guy won't be on the ballot. He, wouldn't, he should not be allowed to be on the ballot to run for president of the United States. If we truly laid it out with a fair and balanced system and just said, here are the facts. When did the president admit to anything? No, he didn't. You've got a self-admission here. You've got him admitting to so many things, firing people, pressure, collusion. It, it's, it's rank with that kind of stuff. But again, people tend to accuse you of what they're busy doing mm-hmm. behind the scenes. That is exactly right. Well, really quickly, uh, we have to go to break, but really quickly, there's also a, a story out today, a report showing that on that laptop that has those damning emails. Um, there is another batch of emails showing that Hunter pursued lasting and lucrative deals involving, uh, involving a Chinese energy company that he said would be interesting for he and his family. So uh, we'll want to talk about that if we have time when we come back. But very, very interesting story. All right. So we do have more to come, but we want to thank our sponsor, Candid. You know all the things that we would love to do for ourselves, but we haven't done it for whatever reason. Well, thanks to Candid, straightening your teeth, it's simpler, it's easier, and it's more comfortable than ever. Candid Clear Aligners, they're comfortable, they're removable, and they are practically invisible, unlike wire braces, so you can transform your smile without anyone noticing. Plus, your treatment is prescribed, and it's monitored remotely by a licensed orthodontist who's an expert in tooth movement, and it's all done from the comfort and the convenience of your own home. Candid only works with orthodontists, never general dentists like other companies. Plus, your supervising orthodontist will be with you every step of the way. So with Candid, your treatment, it includes remote monitoring by the same orthodontist who created your plan. So you never have to wonder how you're doing. You'll always know. The average Candid treatment, it's just six months, and you'll start seeing results way before then. And it costs, this is the best part, costs thousands less than braces. So start straightening your teeth today. Right now, listeners can save $75 on Candid Starter Kit. So go to candidco.com slash why and use the code why. That's candidco.com slash why, code why. Take advantage of this limited time offer and save $75 on your starter kit. Candidco.com slash why, code why. We'll be back in just a minute. So I wanted to come back to this story about some other emails that were found on that laptop that supposedly belonged to Hunter Biden. So some new emails show that he was pursuing a very lucrative deal with a Chinese energy company. 
um, and said that these this deal would be interesting for me and my family. Uh, these were apparently from 2017, and it shows that he was communicating with high-ranking officials from the China Energy Fund Committee, which at one time was the largest private energy company in China. It had $44 billion in revenue. What are your thoughts on this story? I mean, it just it's one more layer, right? Yeah, but it's very, very significant because it actually, t- actually it ties in with COVID and everything else. Communist China is running rampant through Africa, stripping natural mm-hmm. resources. That same energy company bribed officials in Chad and Ghana. One of their leaders went to prison for bribing African officials through energy dominance coming in. Whoever controls energy controls a nation. You're, you'll, you'll see, for instance, in South Africa, the, the problems there, ESCOM, energy company, bribery, they run the country. Here, this Chinese company extorting African nations for bringing electricity in change of all your natural resources. That guy who was in prison was Hunter's partner. This is the guy he was, was going to serve on a board with. So you have to understand how interlaced this is with China. This is communist China literally partnering with the former vice president's son, the vice president, guys who bribe and extort nations around the world. It's very bad. And this is in addition to uh, Joe Biden saying just a few months ago, look, the China, they're, they're not bad. They're not bad guys. China's not going to eat our lunch. And obviously, we don't think China as a country, the Chinese people are bad. We're talking about the Chinese Communist Correct. Party that are evil and corrupt and have been towards primarily their own people. But Yako's absolutely right. They're also, you want to talk about colonizing. We have, you know, left-wing people here talking about how evil colonialism is. China is colonizing poor countries in Africa by setting them in debt traps, by saying we're going to build this railway in Ethiopia that's going to make a bunch of money and then it never does. Ethiopia, all these poor African countries, poor countries in South America, are being controlled by China, and China is just looking to stretch its power in America, too. So if it can find a way through Hunter Biden, if it can find a way through Joe Biden, if it can find a way through these left-wing communist organizations here like Antifa and BLM, that's exactly what they're going to do. I think they would see a Biden presidency as a way to just exact more control on what is now, at least right now, the strongest country in the world. I totally. It's very concerning how deep the corruption seems to be going with the Biden family. All right. So we'll we'll deviate a little bit from the Bidens, although we're still going to talk about Joe. Um, Liberals are boycotting NBC after Trump scheduled his town hall to compete against Joe Biden and his event on ABC. So critics of the president, boy, they, they've been lashing out at NBC. They're upset that he would that they would broadcast a town hall with Trump to begin with, but also especially at the same time as Joe Biden. So hashtag boycott NBC. It's the top trending topic. And there was a tweet done by a Muslim comedian. He said, hashtag boycott NBC. It's the top trending topic. And they earned it because NBC could have scheduled its town hall with Trump literally any other date and time as the town hall previously scheduled with Biden for Thursday on ABC. But they chose the same time. More than 100 actors, producers and writers at NBC have been urging the company to reconsider its decision. In an open letter that was signed by some pretty big name talents, Alan, or excuse me, Aaron Sorkin, Ava DuVernay, Amy Schumer, Aubrey Plaza, they claim NBC's decision puts the political health of our democracy at stake. 
by forcing viewers to choose between President Trump and Joe Biden. Now, virtually every single person who signed this open letter is an outspoken Democrat, uh, but they claim that their grievance is a nonpartisan issue. They reason that since President Trump refused to participate in the virtual debate, the network is reinforcing his bad behavior. At this stage of the game, do you think NBC is going to cave and change the schedule? Or do you think they're like, this is a, a ratings juggernaut. Let's stay with it. You know, I think it's interesting that it is all liberals that are mad about this, that conservatives aren't mad about this. Is it because we know President Trump is going to get better ratings? I'm not really sure. And they just know that, you know, people would rather watch paint dry than watch Joe Biden not complete <laughs> a sentence for two hours. Probably. But, you know, I'd actually be okay with NBC changing. I would like to be able to watch both. It's not because I want them to cave to pressure, but I'd like to be able to watch both. But honestly, I don't, I don't really care. I think for most people, a lot of people, their mind is made up and they don't really care either. Right. Look, I'll say this. I don't care either, but the optics matter. He's a fighter. The president is a fighter. He's a competitor. He says, let's go head to head. You won't debate me in a real debate. You want to do a virtual debate with teleprompters? You know what? I'll do to you what I did to Hillary. I'll schedule it the same time <laughs> down the street. I'll bring in the vets. Remember, he did that. And I'll go head to head and America will speak. They'll watch me. They won't watch you. 20 will show up for you. 20,000 will show up for me. I love the attitude of the man. He's a fighter. He goes, you know what? I want to go when Joe's on. Let's go head to head. In the same week when he was supposed to debate me and then flip the coin, this is the only way Biden could ever, he couldn't win a mayoral race without help from Hollywood mm -hmm. and all the radical left and China and collusion and corruption. He couldn't win. So I'm with Ali. I'd like to see Joe fall asleep at the wheel and it doesn't really matter to me. I think minds are made up, but I do love the president's attitude because it shows me he's on the hunt. I'm, I'm coming for you. Right. I like that. He's a fierce competitor, that's for sure. I want to talk a little bit about the fact that Biden has answered half as many questions from the media as Trump has since August 31st. So a new report from Axios detailed how Biden might be the luckiest, least scrutinized frontrunner ever in a presidential election based on the media's hands-off approach to him. So in making its case, they noted that he has yet to be pinned down on an array of legitimate questions regarding packing the Supreme Court, Medicare for all, reallocating police department funding, the Green New Deal, reparations for black Americans. I mean, the list goes on. He hasn't been grilled over any of those things. And it says Biden's answered half as many questions from the press as Trump, 365 compared to Trump's 753 and Biden has been interviewed by local TV reporters 35 times and national reporters three times. So just we have a clip just to show how they are just handing softballs to Kamala and Joe Biden. We've got a clip of Rachel Maddow uh, interviewing Kamala Harris, and she could have asked her about any of those things. But this is what she chose to talk about. I just realized that I would kick myself if I didn't just ask you uh, before I let you go, if you noticed the fly on Vice President Pence's head at the time during the debate, <laughs> oh, Rachel. The debate or if that was something that only, go, go, we could see it at home. Could you see it sitting next to him? <laughs> did, did you have feelings about, like, did you have the instinct to, 
<laughs> you know, Rachel, I just, you know, I think that it's important that we kind of um, find a way, all of us, to move on and, you know, kind of fly away from this subject onto something else. Yeah. So do you think that this, just as an example, is any indication of the kinds of easy questions Biden will get during his town hall? Look, there's absolute direction. The, 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 I got to choose my words. That there is an absolute, any profiler will tell you there, that's what defeat looks like. That's defeat. That there says, I'm scared to death. I'm going to run. I'm playing softball. I'm out of my league. I was outclassed. Okay. That's schoolgirl talk. That's 13-year-old schoolgirl talk from a supposed vice presidential nominee. Yes, they're going to throw him softballs. He's a baby. They're, they're warming up the bottle on the side. <laughs> In between commercial breaks, he gets mother's milk. Not even real fake formula. You know, he's a baby. They're throwing him softball. When have they ever put this guy down and say, answer the question? Are you stacking the court again and again and again? Ask him a hundred times, you know, late term abortion, post-birth life termination. Mm -hmm. Let's go for the jugular. No, they're not going to ask him that. No, they're not. No, they're absolutely not, because they also understand that he is in cognitive decline, that he does better when he is not seen or heard. I mean, to the credit of Biden's campaign, I think it's a really good strategy for him not to answer as many questions just because of the the people who say, you know, I voted Republican my whole life. I'm a pro-life evangelical and I'm voting for Joe Biden. It's because they don't know anything he stands for. They haven't looked. Right. They don't have to listen. And so they just see you know, old Uncle Joe that reminds them of their grandfather, you know, wouldn't hurt a fly, no pun intended. And they think that, uh, you know, he's going to be harmless for the country. They don't know how radical he is. They haven't taken the time to learn. And because he doesn't talk, uh, they haven't had to hear it from them. So mm -hmm. honestly, it's a smart strategy on their behalf. Sad for the country, yeah. but a smart strategy to win. Yeah. You yeah. mean old Uncle Joe that likes to sniff little girl's hair? That kind of uncle. Creepy Joe. <laughs> that uncle. Not sleepy Joe. Yeah. Creepy, Creepy Joe. Joe. Oh, no doubt. No <laughs> doubt. All right, we got to go to break. When we come back, we're going to give you an update on uh, Amy Coney Barrett. <laughs> really good oh, point, Kelly. Very, very good point. It's actually a brilliant strategy. Plausible deniability, say nothing. A lot of the questions that Amy Coney Barrett has been getting this week, they've been all over the map. This one really stood out. Uh, Connecticut Senator Richard, Richard Blumenthal, he warned her to choose her answers carefully during his line of questioning, telling her that there may be people watching who might be deterred from using contraceptives or may feel fear that it could be banned if she's appointed to the high court. We've got a clip of that. Let's take a listen. Loving involved interracial marriage and Griswold involves a ban on contraception, criminal ban on the use of contraceptives, uh, which in turn also involves Eisenstadt v. Baird, these are fundamental cases, and I'm asking your legal position. I want you to keep in mind how many people 
are listening and watching because they may take a message from what you say. They may see what you say and be deterred from using contraceptives or may feel the fear that it could be banned. Um, well, Senator Blumenthal, the position that I've taken is whether a question is easy or hard, that I can't offer an answer to it. And I would be surprised if people were afraid that birth control was about to be criminalized. So she also eventually told him, you're pushing me to try to violate the judicial canons of ethics and to offer advisory opinions, and I won't do that. So what are your thoughts on him basically telling her she needs to choose her answers carefully because people might be deterred from using contraceptives based on what she has to say? So I just want to get the liberal position on mansplaining clear. So this is not mansplaining to basically patronize her like a dad would and say, now choose your answers carefully as if she hasn't been doing that for the past two days. But Mike Pence respectfully interjecting in a debate with Kamala Harris, that's mansplaining. It's very confusing, <laughs> the double standards. But I'm a little bit confused about what his point is. Is this anti-Catholic bigotry to say that because she personally is against contraception. Maybe I missed some context there, but why he believes that she would try to criminalize birth control, I don't really understand the point that he's making or where he's coming from there. Sure, if it comes to something like Little Sisters of the Poor and the Obamacare mandate that forced religious organizations to provide coverage for birth control, she's going to side on the side of the Constitution and religious liberty, I'm sure. That has nothing to do with her personal beliefs, but it's just more, it's more fear-mongering. It's very strange. It's very strange. Well, that's, yeah. that's really, why do you think they are just so convinced that if she gets in, she's going to cause people to lose access to birth control? I don't even think they're convinced. They want the American mm. people to believe that she would take liberties from them, right? And that she would act unconstitutionally. And this is why all these questions, most of what she's being asked are loaded. They, they've got severe motive behind them, either for local races, right, to speak to their own constituents via a question to, to Amy Coney Barrett, but it's also to trap her. It's entrapment. They wanted to trap her in these hearings. Yeah. Ah, there it is. <laughs> there it is. She's not going to let the Constitution speak. And it's so ironic. The party that's thrown the Constitution down the trash can... <laughs> For the last four years that wants to take literally a second amendment away and do whatever they want. Now they're the party that wants to make sure she's going to run by the Constitution. And she's done a phenomenal job to say my personal belief system, who I am, how I stand. You know, I have my own opinion. I'm going to walk the line according to the Constitution of the United States. Yeah, she, she really has been doing a great job <laughs> to the point that. Feminists, I mean, they're just looking for anything. But she, she's a wife, she's a mother of seven children, and she was asked just kind of a nice lighthearted question about the massive amounts of laundry in her home by, uh, by Republican Senator John Kennedy during the confirmation hearing yesterday. We've got a clip of this. Let's take a listen to that. I got one last question. Hope it's an easy one. <laughs> it is. I'm, I, it's, it's a sincere question. I'm generally curious. Who does the laundry in your house? <laughs> um, we increasingly have been trying to get our children to take responsibility for their own, but those efforts uh, are not always successful. So we run a lot of loads of laundry. <laughs> well, you're a very impressive, Judge. Thank you, Senator.
So it's just kind of meant to be a, a lighthearted, kind of break the tension. But Senator Kennedy was just smeared as being a sexist for asking the question. Um, then a feminist re responded with, this is so gross and sexist. And she thought it was cute because internalized misogyny and upholding the patriarchy. Uh, someone else said, uh, the girly giggle is why she's sitting there today, chosen by men for men. Did you think it was a sexist no, question? No, not at all. I do. A, I like doing laundry. It's process time. I do laundry. <laughs> my wife does laundry and my kids help with the laundry, too. She's got seven children. Time out for a second. And think, it's a lighthearted question at the end of the day, going, hey, man, let's just bring family back into it and talk. Whatever they're looking. Look, when you look for things, you can find anything. I mean, no. And ironically, their comments are a lot more patronizing and a lot ruder than his question was because they're assuming that this strong, smart, accomplished woman um, is giggling because she has internalized misogyny and she has been picked by men for men. So you're basically calling her what a bimbo. You're saying that she is just a tool, an object to be used by men when really she's a self-respecting woman who has accomplished a lot on her own, but they're minimizing those accomplishments and her independence because they don't agree with her politics. It's so funny how feminists they claim to be for all women. They hate women yes. that don't agree with them. They yes. hate women who do not are not as miserable as them and don't make the same choices to wallow in their misery as they do. Misery loves company and so mm -hmm. do feminists. It's so true. Well, and I actually really liked that moment, too, because she'd had to answer a bunch of really tough questions up to that point and especially a really hard one about her children and how her children have been attacked and her having children of color and yeah. how people have responded. And so I felt like that was a nice, lighthearted way to kind so of cute. Yeah, break yeah. the break the tension in the room. So the fact that people found something wrong with and that Senator moment. Kennedy is he's hilarious. He's so smart, too. But he's so funny. I loved that he asked that question. Yeah, he, br he brought some personality. Look, honestly, into he it. probably thought she was going to say, look, man, my husband's stepping up. Yeah, you know, he's <laughs> stepping Which is up. fine, too. Come on. Exactly. I mean, uh, <laughs> Well, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the rapper Ice Cube. He's involved in politics, and some people are really not happy about it. So we'll talk about that when we return. I asked my wife this morning, where's Kanye? Is he still running? I mean, what? <laughs> so he, he put out a new He's a write-in, right? my rap fans at out there. <laughs> Big fans of Ice Cube. Not at this table. Not he's, he's been losing some fans this week, and uh, here's why. Trump advisor Katrina Pearson gave a shout-out to rapper and actor Ice Cube for working with the Trump administration on their platinum plan, which aims to increase prosperity for black Americans. So following the tweet, Ice Cube said on Twitter that Team Biden pushed back talks about his CWBA or contract with black America until post-election. But the Trump administration made adjustments to their plans after speaking with him. So he put out some tweets saying, facts, I put out the CWBA contract with black America. Both parties contacted me. Dim said we'll address the CWBA after the election. Trump campaign made some adjustments to their plan after talking with us about the CWBA. Uh, the CWBA it details 13 different areas of improvement, including bank lending, prison reform, police reform, the elimination of all Confederate monuments. Those are some of the highlights. And Trump's platinum plan seeks to increase access to capital in black communities by almost $500 billion. 
He also tweeted, black progress is a bipartisan issue. When we created the contract with Black America, we expected to talk to both sides of the aisle. Talking truth to power is part of the process. However, he went on to add, so the powers that be canceled my interview on Cuomo primetime tonight. I've actually been banned from CNN for a few months, so I was surprised they even asked, but it seems like they can't handle the truth. So now he's getting all of this pushback for being involved with the Trump administration trying to help create advancement opportunities for black America. Why is Hollywood so quick to cancel people who think differently than they do? Well, well, I'm going to start listening to some Ice Cube. (laughs) I'm liking you, Ice Cube, right? He's just laying the truth out. He's not even picking a side. He's just saying, I just want you to know, I went fair and balanced to both. One's not willing. And the one you say is the racist and, and the crazy person, his campaign is willing. This doesn't, this actually, CNN and, and company pushing against him is actually good for the Trump campaign because it'll show the black voter that, listen, wait a minute, they're silencing our people? They're silencing our people. Right. One of our guys who's fighting for us, who, who, who wants to go establish real reform. They're going to do it regardless. I'm not surprised they're doing it, but this, this could be good, actually, in a weird way. Ice Cube, <laughs> unfortunately, recently, he has been a very open anti-Semite and he posts anti-Semitic conspiracy theories constantly. He's a part of black Hebrew Israelites. And so that could be part of the reason why he was banned. From CNN, just to be perfectly fair, uh, he is a guy who has been on the side of Black Lives Matter and these left wing revolutions. I think it's good that he's taking a bipartisan approach to this. Absolutely. I do not fault the Trump campaign for trying to listen to all different kinds of voices. No one's going to be perfect. I think that's fine. I don't know if I agree policy wise with the entire uh, platinum plan of the Trump campaign. I've talked to plenty of black Americans, conservative black Americans who say, hang on kind of seems like another form of of reparations that we're trying to fight against from the left. And so I just don't know enough details about it to say I agree. Um, So I don't know about Ice Cube. I would not. He's not someone that I would definitely like publicly partner with. But in this particular endeavor, good for him for trying to work with both campaigns and for saying, hey, you know, this is what I believe. Whoever wants to listen can listen. That part I think it's good. It is nice to see that somebody in Hollywood is being open-minded and willing to work with both sides. Uh, we're not done with Hollywood yet. Five-time Grammy winner Billie Eilish. This girl, she just can't win. So her body, what she wears, all of this is just constantly criticized. She's 19 years old. She's known for wearing baggy clothes to hide her body to avoid the judgment that women often face for their appearance. Yet every once in a while, she'll, she'll wear something that's a little more revealing, and then she gets shamed for it. So this time she responded to comments to a Daily Mail story featuring a picture of her without her trademark baggy clothes as she stepped out in uncharacteristically casual attire. So she's got on a spaghetti strap tank top and shorts, trolls, no name trolls. They were coming out and just bashing the way that she looked. And she reposted a video saying we should normalize real women's bodies do you think Instagram and social media is really what's pushing these people to to be so critical and, and influence how women see their bodies to the point that she she just wants to wear baggy things all the time so that she doesn't even have to deal with it? Yeah, I mean, that's I mean, that's her look. That's her trademark is wearing the baggy clothes and looking funky and things like that. I should I do think she should be free to wear the things that she wants to wear without so much scrutiny, unfortunately. 
comes with the territory, I think, when you're a celebrity, sadly. But I do feel for her. I mean, 19 years old, that's still so young and so fresh. Now, unfortunately, I think that she has also set herself up as a cultural influencer and she influences young women openly demonically through her music. She's very open about that kind of stuff and the darkness that she pushes. So what I want for her is to realize that she is someone who is made in the image of God. That's why she has value. I want her to realize that with her platform, she can influence people for good, not with the darkness that she has been propagating. To me, that kind of all goes hand in hand. She doesn't have to worry about the criticism that people give her because she would know who she is in Christ. If her heart would be changed and her mind would be changed, then her platform and identity would be changed too. That's what I want for Billie Eilish. That was a beautiful answer. It's it's, it's amazing. And Ali, look, it is all, we're all here to find identity and identity can only be found in Christ, period. There's, There's no other way. But Billie has been pushed by her label to engage, she did a campaign shout out for Biden, mm-hmm. which was a disaster, right? And they're taking this 19 year old and they're, it's exploitation to a degree. And then when the 19 year old actually has her own voice yeah. for a minute, yeah. right? Against the stream of the left, who's funding her career, who's literally indoctrinating her music. And then she has her own moment where she say, we should just celebrate women's bodies for what they are. The very people who made her will turn their weapons. This is what they do. Mm. They will eat their young, Hillary Clinton style, okay? Mm. They will so quickly turn on their own people. They care about nobody. This is a 19-year-old kid from day one. I said, she's so gifted. Yeah, So is is her brother. Very gifted. She's being exploited. And for once now, she's saying, hey, I just kind of want to be okay in my body. And her own people, right? Right. Not like she's a conservative, it's her own people. Those ungodly you know, people are now wep- you know, turning weapons against her. It just shows you that you, know, you fall in the camp of God because their security, their safety, like Ali's saying, or you'll get eaten by your own. Right. Yeah. yeah. So she's so young to be dealing with all of this. Mm-hmm. All right. So we've got to go to break. We come back. We'll have our question of the day. Stick around. My thing with Ice Cube is, is, Ali, is just if there's an individual today that is willing to make it. Yesterday, we asked you guys, who's given the most ridiculous performance at the Amy Coney Barrett confirmation hearing so far? Amy Klobuchar, Maisie Hirono, Cory Booker, or Sheldon Whitehouse? And 64.9% of you said Maisie Hirono. Because, Maisie, you ruined the word preference for all of us that use the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, which is why we're all going to be using Dictionary.com from now on. All right, so the question today is, who is the most corrupt? Joe Biden, Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, or Donald Trump? Let me know what you think. Joe Biden, Barack Obama, and Hillary Clinton all answer to the same master. So they're all in one bundle for me. Definitely gotcha. not Trump. Okay. Ooh. That's, yeah, that's really difficult to say one. I think that Hillary Clinton is, to me, she is the most obviously sinister. She is sinister. She comes across as sinister. The reason why I would almost say Barack Obama is because 
so many people see him as this very honest guy. The media loves to make us think that the wonder years of American history happened when Barack Obama was president. Actually, if you look at the data, that is when the left went far to the left. Republicans stayed about the same on the issues of race, immigration, welfare, abortion. The left moved far to the left in those eight years. Um, Obama hides his corruption well. But I'll go with that answer. It's a tough, it's a tough choice. <laughs> All of them. That's right. <laughs> All of them. It was so good to get to hang out with you guys. Thank you for being here today. Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.